Welcome to another episode of Never Watch Alone, and uh, boy, oh boy, are we in deep, weird territory. I'm your host, Tim Lifeite, and joining me, as always, is my good and faithful co-host, Sean Wheeler. How's it going, Sean? You feeling weird today? feel weird every day, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting into this one. Oh my God, what a movie we've got. And of course, if always, if you just want to not hear our bullshit and go straight into the weird, uh, as always, there is a uh, sync button below that'll tell you when the actual commentary begins. But that said, Swiss Army Man, you guys. Like, ho okay, so I want to know uh, how you heard of this movie, because this is a very strange and magnificent movie we need more movies like this you guys so uh it popped up on my radar just from being generally aware of cinema shit to begin with however when it became something i had to check out um for years i wrote for a website uh may actually do stuff with them again depends if they resurrect themselves uh called mm -hmm. never ending radical dude uh, which one of my buddies from college had started and talking with would him, you would you like to have us to uh, put a link below in the uh, the description uh you can i'll send you a link to my profile on there so people can look at my well if they care i have literally uh over a hundred write-ups on there of different film <laughs> television kind of stuff but uh and through the magic of editing you can click below to check it out it's fucking cool <laughs> uh but uh, my buddy who had started the site, who was a friend from college, you know, we were talking one day and he said this was the funniest movie he'd seen that year. So I was like, <laughs> fuck it. I got to see this. And yeah, man, you know, um, when it comes with such high recommendations as or, or such lore as Daniel Radcliffe says, this is the favorite movie he's made. Yeah. So it's like for yeah. you Potterheads out there. Well, there you go. Uh, and then. When you have such hilarity as the fact of they wanted to use a, a dummy for a lot of it. And Daniel's just like, no, I'm doing it. It's like, yeah, I'm, gonna... I'm doing like as much as possible, man. <laughs> it's, just, and... it's like, I don't, I don't want to like take away from the dummy or anything, but Jesus, like, and... let me be a farting corpse. And then to lean into it for the promo for this movie, he took the dummy with him around on the press tour it was like going on roller coasters and shit with the dummy oh yeah so, like i've seen him in interviews uh, like I, I saw one on uh, uh i forget uh which talk show host it was i know it was over in great britain but he actually brought the manny doll with him and uh anna kendrick was in the, uh, the interview with him uh and she was just grossed out by it the whole time it's a fucking i'll put a link in the description of that interview in there below because it's it's friggin hilarious because especially the look on anna kendrick that just um, tricks for anna kendrick <laughs> i mean like a hundred percent like because <laughs> you know it, like yeah it was on uh, the graham norton show uh <laughs> on bbc and it's so fucking funny Dude, graham norton show is like the the the, the the insanity and hilarity that ensues on that show is what American talk shows wish they could do. Oh, I know, right? Like, they, they try to touch on it a little bit, but they can... It's like, 
you know, the, the, the networks are always got their fingers in their pie, and they're like, look, these people are – our demographic is 65 and older. <laughs> like, we can't be we can't be doing this. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I think I first saw the trailer for this because uh, I heard Daniel Radcliffe was doing a new movie because, you know, like, you hear about that in just general entertainment news and whatnot – and I saw the trailer, and I was like, "This has to be like a college humor thing, right?" This, there's no, because this is this is dumb. This is silly. It looks like one of those fake prestige movies. Well, and I, then <laughs> what really hit me later on, because I'm a big watcher of uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, uh, he did an interview to promote the movie, and I'm like, "Wait, this is." Is this actually happening? <laughs> and so I was in disbelief, and I saw some of the interviews, and I'm like, I have to see this, uh, this movie, this farting corpse movie. Uh, and I sat down with my fiance, and I'm like, you want to see a really fucked up, weird movie with Harry, with uh, with Daniel Radcliffe? And she's a big Potterhead, so she's like, oh God, yes. And we had the time of our lives. It was uh, honestly the most fun screening that we had. Because I think we watched it earlier in 2020. Like, right around the time when the lockdowns became fucking huge. And we were just looking through, like, all these movies that we haven't watched yet. Uh, that was one of the first that we pulled out. So, that by far was one of the best COVID movies that we watched so, in lockdown. Yeah, I mean, that that's wonderful. For me, what I love... It, so, first off... I love the fact that Daniel Radcliffe's entire flex having left Harry Potter is, hey, this movie's fucked up and also kind of funny. You want in? And he's like, yeah. I've been waiting to do that I mean, since, like, <laughs> well, since ever. I mean, Horns, Swiss Army Man, Guns Akimbo. I'm just like, I love where this guy goes. He's like, yeah, we're going to do this. He's like, look, I, he's like, look, I totally peaked at at childhood and i'm just gonna do weird shit for the rest of my life uh, yeah. uh although he's he's kind of the uh the british version of elijah wood in that respect <laughs> he's like i peaked i peaked early uh i'm just gonna do weird and stupid shit and appear in the most random of places and also give uh, uh open up a, a, a pie restaurant or it was a pie restaurant right i'm not sure but i think well i i, I know he has like a restaurant that he only serves cool people. <laughs> if he thinks you're cool, you're allowed in. <laughs> um, well, but I, yeah, I really, I, one of these days, I really want him and Daniel Radcliffe to be in a movie where they play each other. <laughs> or Daniel Radcliffe as Elijah Wood and Elijah Wood as Daniel Radcliffe. Well, that would be fucking. So, and you know they're into it. Yeah, <laughs> they'd uh, be so into it. So, I mean, I, I do like the Harry Potter movies and that kind of stuff, but. The, the day I decided that, like, I needed to pay more attention to Daniel Radcliffe, um, I watched him do one of those interviews for some fashion hipster whatever magazine. Like, it was a recorded interview, and they asked him a whole lot of questions in quick succession. Yeah. And they asked him who his favorite living musician was. And he said, like, without missing a beat, he was like Tom Lehrer. And I'm like, oh, dude, like, like, it's like Radcliffe's on my level. Like, he's digging that dude? Like, awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. And, like, he's he's always had uh, – an in, he's been insanely passionate about music. Uh, although, you know what's crazy? Do you know who was the person he 
credits most to really getting him into his taste for music? No idea. Gary Oldman on the set of uh, Harry Potter 5. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Gary is such a cultured man. It does not surprise me that he is well-versed in music. Oh, yeah, dude. And the fact that, you know, he's... Because, you know, you tend to be... When you're actors in a role, especially for that long... Um, when you, you play Sirius Black, Harry's uncle, he really did be, he always talked about how Gary Oldman did kind of weirdly become his uncle on set. <laughs> so, but in just like a whole different way, like well, it, it, it was kind of his gateway into music. If you also think about it though, I would say Gary Oldman is very much an actor's actor. So yes. I would think of anyone who's coming up in the industry with an eye to, pursue this as a craft and a career that gary oldman is an excellent point and you know to that point uh i would say and a lot of people would definitely try to argue this with me but because daniel radcliffe had such an iconic role when he was young it's very hard for a lot of people to distinguish him from that role and that's one of the reasons i love the movies he's chosen because like you know, a lot of people might not be watching it, but I watch Swiss Army Man. I watch Guns Akimbo. I don't see Harry Potter in any way. It's like, he, yeah, the, like these are he disappears. Characters and he, yeah, and he plays them very well. But it's so bizarre that it's just, you know, it, it's not going to be on everyone's radar. It's not going to be across the board, but they're great great little movies and it if you it, could it, just, they should be though right i think that's the part of the reason why we're doing the this on this show right now because we need to draw attention Sean. for sure it but is our it's a matter duty. of you have to open your mind because okay paul dano signed on to this movie based on what a one sentence description that said yeah. the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry that's that's such a wonderful and, it's so human. Right, but like, <laughs> for, there is, if you look at comedy in general, there is this massive aversion and like, uh, talking down to of fart humor, toilet humor, like, that's not yeah. okay. This yeah. movie was like, we're gonna take what's not okay and raise it to an art form. Yeah, for real. I, I always said that this is one of the great weird troll movies by ha- taking Daniel Radcliffe uh, post height of Harry Potter and have him deliver an Oscar worthy performance as a farting corpse. Yeah. That sentence together should not exist, but I'm glad that it does. Right. And, and I mean, I hate to say it. So like, I think Radcliffe has chosen very interesting projects, you know, post Harry Potter. And yes. I'm very happy with the choices he's been making. However, unfortunately, in some of the cases, and I don't know why this is, the more comedic ones have better writing than the more dramatic roles I've seen him in. Um, yeah, I tr- no kidding. I tried to watch, um, I can't even remember the name of the movie right now. He played an undercover cop who infiltrates white supremacists. Yeah, I and heard about that. I, I heard it was okay. Well, I tried to watch it and like, he was fine, but just the writing and like the the tone and pacing of it just did not work for me to the extent that I was just like, Ugh. and 
Mm-hmm. You know, to put a counterpoint, you know, Black Klansmen, while the story itself... Um, oh, yeah, had, he was in that. No, no. Wait, was he? No, he wasn't. Was but, he? No, but oh, another okay. point of, while the story itself, particularly, you know, the ending ended up being a bit anticlimactic for me, The it was handled so well by, you know, a skilled seasoned director. And so mm-hmm. it's like you can have a mediocre story like that and still handle it well. And that's, I think some of the problems is that Radcliffe is just doing stuff that he finds interesting, which is wonderful. And he should, because fuck it. You don't need to go for the money. Yeah. But you know, he's already rich. Right. He's like, uh, look, I've got more money than I can, than I know what to do with. But it's, so it's, I'm just going to do what I want. Right. Love. But it's finding that right mix of talent to make it work. And that's all I'm saying. It's like, he was fine in it. You know, from what I saw, I made it about a third of the way into the movie before. Uh, and I might revisit it. It just wasn't for me at that time. Um, mm-hmm. He was fine. The rest of the movie wasn't doing it for me. So I, okay. it's sometimes one of those things where it's like, it's just a matter of you got to have the right formula. I've seen plenty of movies where it's like, oh, man, that had a great performance, and the rest of the movie sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – God, I know there's like a whole bunch of uh, movies like that. Uh, I'm trying to th- – I, I, I'm trying to think of one like off the top of the head where uh, top of my head where it's just like, look, that one performance is like the centerpiece performance um, is great. But well, the rest of the movie isn't great. Movies that come to mind uh, that I haven't seen, but have been talked about recently was, uh, you know, Natalie Portman playing Jackie O. Everyone said okay. her performance was phenomenal, but that the movie wasn't great. You know, there's a lot right. of or when uh, Meryl Streep played the Iron Lady, everyone said she was great, but that the movie wasn't. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> of course, she's the one good thing in that movie. Am I right? <laughs> well, to be fair, there was nothing good about the Iron Lady, <laughs> and I, I mean this specifically about Margaret Thatcher. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah well anyway uh you want to actually you know yeah, jump on let's, into let's the movie like let's let's get fucking weird man it's fucked up february so folks uh now i, I forget is it uh we gotta see i'm absolutely terrible about this but um, well, hold, hold on our movies drop on fridays right yes so join us for fucked up february's and fucked up fridays all this month there you, yeah <laughs> all this month man we are gonna get fucked up and fucked and fucking weird man it's gonna be great so if you guys got it uh it it is uh available on netflix (laughs) 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 oh my god sean this is why i have you on the podcast (laughs) i will drop the obscure (laughs) musical references yeah keep it obscure keep it weird that's that's what i like to do man that's 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 me and my uh my downtime so folks if you got it uh it is on netflix uh, to watch uh but if you got a blu-ray copy go ahead and pop it in because we are going to get this bad boy started in three two one click and right away there it is a24 a film lover's best friend for the opening titles (laughs) Oh, such they've made such good stuff. Remember and when Focus used to be one of those? Whatever happened? <laughs> um, that is a good question. But uh, yeah, all these—that's another great thing when you know you're in for a nice, uh, a a well-deserved break from like the big Hollywood studios is when you see all the indie studios that 
you know, you you never see or only see this one time because, you know, studios just kind of tend to go in and out. <laughs> Peace, help me. Uh, written on a piece of trash. Let's also That's talk gonna... about the fact that, like, when when you're watching this movie, keep in mind this was shot in 22 days. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, well, because granted, it's not a long movie. It's only about 90 minutes. But uh, it, even it, so, it, yeah, that's it's still... like, I think it's like 97. But I mean, even so, it, it's just like as the shooting schedule goes, that is so compact. Yeah, for real. Um, although to be fair, like a lot of it's out in the middle of a forest, so I can imagine that it would be a, uh, fairly easy. It's just like res- uh, weather restrictions and whatnot. But yeah. this right here with the, the the little ship on on setting sail, uh, filmed by Daniels. There's a lot of Dans in this movie, uh, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, just a few too many, really. <laughs> just a, a uh, just a bag full of Dans is what we got here. Paul Dano, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, uh, Dan Scheinert and De- Daniel Kwan. Also, I, I really do enjoy, you know, we've talked about Radcliffe a lot, but the weird career path that Dano has taken. I mean, he got so I much know, hype right? when he came out, you know, like spectacularly and There Will Be Blood, you know, kind of the yes. th- that made him, you know, a known name. And he's just do- does like so much weirdo stuff since then. And I'm like, I'm about it. Yeah, man. Cause like, you know, a lot of people, including us talk a lot about Daniel Cradcliffe and speak of the devil. There's the man himself. Um, but a lot of people talk about uh, Daniel Radcliffe's <laughs> performance in this movie. No one, I don't think Paul Dano gets enough credit for this movie. Yeah. You know, it's all Daniel Radcliffe is always shoved front and center even in interviews, like it's almost exclusively about him. And that's not really fair because Paul Dano is actually weirdly the real star of the oh, show. Oh, I mean, he, he is completely like the actual lead. It's his story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and But he also gives a, a, a performance that's just on caliber. He just He just doesn't have the, you know, stupid quality of being like, I'm not the farting corpse. I'm just the crazy homeless guy (laughs) or the the crazed loner and not the farting guy. (laughs) Although it's, what's interesting though, is that, uh, Oh wait, was that, was that our first fart? Interestingly, interestingly, the entire, there it is. The entire our first crew, <laughs> the entire casting crew contributed to the fart noises, except for Radcliffe. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like Daniel Radcliffe is the one person who was not giving farts on the actual set. It was everyone else. Uh, I think even Paul Dano, when he was uh, talking to Stephen Colbert on The Late Show, uh, he, he said he was actually going to go uh, see it again at a premiere, uh, I think somewhere in New York probably. Um, but, uh, he's like, yeah, maybe next time when I go to this premiere, I'm going to actually like listen in and try to pick out where my farts are. (laughs) Cause the tagline of this movie probably should have been to, to human is to fart. (laughs) Cause that's really the lesson of this movie is to fart is to human and vice versa. 
you know? <laughs> oh my god. I love the fact that it's it really is Dan this entire time. Like even in the shots where you don't really need him. Yeah. It's it's still him. And also kudos to him to because he you can cuz not once in this movie and I was really being scrutinous about it as I was watching, but his chest does not rise and fall. Yeah. I want to I want to say that he just held his breath throughout each of the takes, which is kind of insane. <laughs> oh my god, this is so this is so Bleak. this is so sad, but it's so funny. <laughs> A farting corpse teaches him to live in love. I, I guess you know that's that's probably the greatest lesson in life right right now is. Yeah, things are really dark and weird, but hope can come from the strangest of places, like a bloated farting corpse. I'm never going to get over... I'm going to say farting corpse a lot. I know that he gets a name later in the movie, but it's a... Really? How... <laughs> oh my god, I can't. <laughs> he's, he's just like what the hell is going it's like i i want to kill myself but whatever this corpse is doing is really interesting right <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of the uh the old uh um george uh george carlin joke is like he's like you ever tried committing suicide i can't i got shit to do <laughs> oh you know old timmy's coming on tuesday can't do that the wheels on thursday Friday, I got my dental appointment. <laughs> Saturday is the week. Saturday is the season finale. You can't miss that. Sunday, mom's coming over. Sunday. <laughs> my God, won't that be the best thing? Just having myself hanging in front there with a note on my uh, on my chest and says, "Hello, people who are living. I am not fine." Just know you all drove me to do this. <laughs> oh man, George Collin, you left us too early. <laughs> Look at this stupid. <laughs> okay, so this is the moment I think it wasn't just Daniel me, but it was also Daniel Radcliffe when he was reading this in the script. When he is jet skiing away from a fart, that's when he Daniel Radcliffe says, "Okay, I'm fucking doing this." Movie. Right. But it's also the moment where you know I was watching this with my fiance Katie, and she uh, we both looked at each other and like, "Is he, is he a jet ski from a from farting?" <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, okay, it's that kind of movie." Okay. We are. It was. I think it was the, this. The, the <laughs> that right there, right there. It's like when the title drops. There it is. The title drops, and we're like, okay, we are fucking in. <laughs> like, this is gonna be a great masterpiece. <laughs> oh 
god what is this and can, also can we talk about how the soundtrack dude the soundtrack is what makes this it is pretty fantastic well, you know, because I, 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 I think back on it, and I'm like, can you imagine if, because, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, references to Castaway. Like, uh, the, you know, Paul Dano's character, his name is, he'll be saying in a moment, his name is Hank Thompson. <laughs> that's just Tom, that's just a uh, a play on Tom yeah, Hanks. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, a little cab, Castaway Easter egg. But... If they had gone with the castaway approach where it's no music, like almost at all until uh, un unless it's for like really important emotional moments or beats and for the end credits, there's almost no score in that movie. It's just the sounds of beach right. and it's Tom Hanks. If they had gone with that approach, this movie probably would not have worked because no. it's the weird <laughs> It's the weird prestige mu indie music soundtrack, uh, which on its own really is outstanding. Um, but th it, that's weirdly what grounds this movie is yeah. the music, I think. Because if you watched it, 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 this stuff in silence, you'd be like, what, what, what the fuck am I watching? But the music cues elevate your soul yeah. to the point where it needs to be. Uh, there he is. He's... He's, uh... <laughs> who's he talking to, Sean? Who's he, the who's earth, he talking to? The Earth. He is talking <laughs> to the Earth. Also, as yes. hilarious as this movie is, it is a stark, stark look at people who have mentally broken with reality mm -hmm. and I, I was about to ask like how much of this do you think is really real and what's just well, in his head right but that's just it like particularly you know on subsequent viewings to the first time like this movie's hilarious but it's dark and twisted as fuck and yes. so you know you're you're this is really an examination of a man struggling through a complete mental health disaster and um until you can really appreciate that which not you know a lot of people aren't going to have a frame of reference for that in their lives so i think that's very much um you know why this movie while hilarious also might not necessarily be relatable to as many people because if if you haven't dealt with mental illness on any level uh, and certainly not with a more <laughs> severe level, you might not be able to quite comprehend how a break of this level could occur in someone. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But then again, I have a feeling most of us have already had our breakdown after living through 2020. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, but That's going to be a running gag. Singular? You made it through 2020 with only one? Oh, no, I've had several. But <laughs> anyone who's lived through 2020... Has had at least one, is my point. Yeah. <laughs> I love that wide shot of them uh, uh, just kind of sitting together. But now we have this wide shot where he's just dragging him <laughs> through, through the beach. And I also love how that's actually Daniel Radcliffe. That he's just... Right. <laughs> 
pulling around because we talked about that he they, they they did make a dummy which was fairly impressive but apparently it was only because even like it was made for like you know the shots where he's being carried around and whatnot because they're like oh man like that's got to be really rough on an actor's back let's try to make a prop that's a little lighter and when they finally turned in the dummy apparently it weighed only about 30 pounds less than dan <laughs> and so they were like well, fuck it um he's like i'm just gonna carry dan the whole time like it's cool <laughs> so like 90 percent of these shots man that's actually him and it's really funny yeah basically unless it's a dangerous stunt it's dan and when it is a dangerous yeah. stunt he's the one throwing the dummy so oh yeah of course because he's like of course i would yeet wouldn't if you had the opportunity to yeet yourself off a cliff wouldn't you don't don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so now we're getting into the bulk of the movie where they're just stuck out in the middle of the wilderness, and you know the like it, it doesn't occur until long into the movie, like about halfway through. <laughs> this is so fucking funny. The Sports Illustrated. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, the the cork, the moment of the cork. Oh my god, the setups for this. I forgot about the cork. All the payoff that we have from all of these garbage pieces of litter. But uh yeah, no, so like one of the great jokes, the unspoken jokes of the movie is especially by the time you get to the halfway point is like how fucking hilarious is it that literally, you know, a football field away, civilization is just there waiting for him. Oh yeah. Like it's imp it's implied through the movie so subtly that you constantly are asking it and the movie never answers it and that somehow makes it funny. <laughs> and I love it. Just like trying to get get the water from the rain. <laughs> oh, this poor guy. And it really is uh, Paul Dano's show, like, for the first, roughly the first third of the movie, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, um... Well, I, I, the, the, yeah. They did, the mental degradation eventually gets to the point, obviously, where that, that switch happens. But again, like, you have to re you know, look at this movie through the eyes of where it goes and what it starts talking about, you know? Where exactly. that mental break is, why it happens, like... Yeah, you have to be aware of it. Yeah, for real. Because uh, another thing that is this movie's freaking brilliant about is uh, there is a degradation of men of the mental stability throughout the movie. But the best thing is, it gets so far you don't know whether or not he's hallucinating or not, and you're just forced to give up and just go with what you're being presented. Yeah. Like, and, and the great thing is there's not that one point. There's no snap, you know? There's no one moment there you're like, oh, he's gone. Well, like, I they, mean, they don't it do starts any... with him trying to kill himself. So you all already have to assume he's out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that that's kind of the brilliance of the movie, though. He's trying to kill himself on a deserted island. He makes it back to this mainland. So you would think that this would have him... 
coming out of it, but clearly that wasn't the issue to begin with. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> uh, although I am really, there is one thing, I forget if the movie clarifies this or not, but how did Paul Dano get, how did Hank Thompson get out into the middle of the Pacific in the first place? Yeah, I'm, I'm still like question mark on that one. <laughs> Well, you know what? The the movie is very smart in saying it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because really, because for all we know, he, this could just be his last thoughts as he's being hung. Yeah. Like for that. It, yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. This is where the body starts twitching. Water. <laughs> oh, you know what's another really great thing that makes this movie truly sing? The cinematography. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually want to look this. Um, uh, Larkin Seeple. I think I'm. I think that's uh, how I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, but yeah, he he he's uh. He's definitely one of the bigger MVPs of this. Because, man, this is a gorgeous-looking movie. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and, and, again, and it, it, it's necessary. Like, if you're going to play something this serious, this realistic, you got to play it right. And Oh, yeah, for real. If it doesn't have that um, footing of prestige to it, it's not going to work. Yes. Because this, this honestly feels like it was, you know, College Humor had, like, a contest for the the silliest and bizarre prestige trailer you could think of. And then the whichever whoever was the winner got to actually make the movie, and this is the result. So sort, you're, you're saying this sort is of the like, cinema equivalent of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Or I was also going to say, like, something like Hobo with a Shotgun. <laughs> Cause that, the, oh god, <laughs> oh this is so bad, <laughs> so bad. No, don't. <laughs> I remember, I remember watching this the first time. I'm like, no, 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 don't, no, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't drink it. Don't drink it. He's got to sniff it. <laughs> Just no, no, no. Oh, oh. Don't be drinking that. That's just gonna make the, the. That's just gonna make this thing more weird. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> you just drank out of a dead guy. <laughs> oh God, Sean. This movie is important, and it's beautiful. <laughs> and it's fucked. <laughs> this, is, this is an important, beautiful movie. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Why? I think he's out of water. Oh yeah, this is that's right. This is where uh, he gets a, a name, Manny. 
<laughs> this is <laughs> he grabs him by his tongue. So we are we are twenty one minutes into the movie. This is the first time Daniel Radcliffe actually gets dialogue, and he's I, I you know the other thing that's really great is that he is not a zombie. Right. They make this very very clear because they're like. Oh, you get to play a, a, a walking, you get to play a talking, farting corpse. Like, oh, so a zombie? Like, no, no, it's totally its own thing. And it's like that from the very get-go. Because I don't think, I don't think, if, out of all the zombie movies I've seen, and all the zombie literature, I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone's ever used the zombie as a jet ski before, Sean. I <laughs> would agree with that. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, you've read a lot more zombie literature than I have, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. I'm actually, uh, strangely enough, I am probably one of the more uh, people who eschew zombie stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, it's never done a whole lot for me. I've, I've watched a decent amount of movies and I've read, you know, a couple Max Brooks books. But beyond oh, that, yeah. I've, I've not really... Zombies don't do much for me. Well, I guess you know what? If someone out there has seen a story where it was a true zombie, <laughs> one that caught, that one that they used them as a Sorry. Uh, oh gosh one one that they use them as a jet ski uh, using some uh, a zombie as a jet ski. Let me know. <laughs> Can't keep his head straight. <laughs> see that's the point where it's like okay uh, he drank maybe the the magic corpse water is what's what triggered it yeah you know because he continues to drink the magic corpse water throughout the movie at least i think so it's really hard to tell this movie gets really weird <laughs> <laughs> And I also love the characterization of this corpse. Like, it's a child. Right. And, you know, he, Paul Dano has to play this weird father figure. <laughs> oh, what's that? <laughs> what? And you know, and really, another—I I, I know we've praised Daniel Radcliffe a lot, but the fact that he also not just disappears away from completely from Harry Potter, but the fact that he completely walks away from his British accent—you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the man. It was clear to me that the man was going to be taking acting seriously as a career when he did oh, Broadway. Like, yes. if you go to Broadway, that is a signal to everyone that's like, I am in this game. Yes. Uh, although, it's crazy how, like, post, uh, um, 
post Harry Potter has treated has done to the uh, the 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 three main actors. You know, Emma Watson's doing all this prestige stuff on both film and television. Well, and politics, like yes, mm. like Emma Watson's going nuts with everything. Like she's really becoming something far bigger than just an actress at this point. Uh, Rupert Grint is just hanging out in the ice cream truck that he bought. Well, he actually <laughs> is it. So I, I think Rupert is actually a commendable character actor. Yes. Um, when they had him play Cheetah Chrome in CBGB's uh, with uh, Alan Rickman playing Hilly Crystal, I, <laughs> I thought he nailed that role. And I, I think it's one of those things where he's a really good character actor but because of his association from Harry Potter, he's just not getting the roles he should. But, you know, those kind of, like, snarky, slacker, I don't give a shit, like, uh, type characters, I think he's quite perfect for them. I think he yeah. has an ability for these kind of characters. And... People just don't want to give him a chance necessarily because of all that previous association. Whereas I do think Radcliffe and Watson both have the range to do a whole lot more. But that's not to say Rupert Grant can't act. He can. Yeah. He yes. just, you know, is is more of a character actor as opposed to somebody with the, the <laughs> massive range. <laughs> I'm sorry. The poop. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> I get you. Oh God! Why is it written in poop? <laughs> this is amazing. Also, can we talk about the props made of garbage in this movie? The creativity is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> can we give some props to the to the prop crew on this yeah for real the prop like master saying. and prop designers like holy shit like look at all this stuff the creativity on display is amazing <laughs> And it's really great how this is truly making things superhuman with us. Well, but can, <laughs> yes, <Sorry. laughs> no. Can, can we all can of we this talk, is amazing? Right, it is. But can we talk about the fact of like this movie is an entire like it's a look at severe mental deficiency. But yes. also, a complete indictment of the creeper culture, which I'm just like, thank you. Yeah, yeah, for real. I am surprised that his phone lasts throughout this entire movie. Yeah. Even though uh, I'm by, 10%. By the way, oh. to anyone who... Uh, <laughs> oh boy, don't eat them berries. To yep. anyone who might be offended by what I just said, I would like to point out the fact 
there are roughly 8 billion people on this planet. Do not waste your time being obsessed with one that doesn't want you. Go yeah, out and find somebody else. There's plenty of options. <laughs> so, I love how they just change it up uh, from, like, teaching, like, this is your body, this is your brain, where thoughts are, and all <laughs> this. And then, all of a sudden, he starts teaching about him about porn and sex. Like, just goes right into it. I love it. Because remember, it's all... This movie really is the, the garbage pile of all the things that we humans kind of are at our base. But we find the beauty in the trash. <laughs> this movie is all about finding beauty in the trash. Great alternate title, by the way. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> God, it's so bad. <laughs> There's a heartbeat there. <laughs> it's, it's the thing that we're that most of our viewers are watching this off of right now dan and how most of everyone's going to be seeing this movie uh no now it nowadays it's just because you're just stuck here <laughs> oh, the hellscape God. that is pandemic oh my God, this shit this i think they had a little bit too much fun with this mechanic <laughs> like the magic erection <laughs> oh it's <de> <laughs> You know, this is the only... I think this is only the... <laughs> God, it's moving. Um, but I think this is the... Uh, uh, only the third time in a movie... Or in either a play or a movie that Daniel Radcliffe's penis was kind of, like, got a moment to itself. Well, I mean, obviously there was Equus. <laughs> yes. That was the big one. Uh, then there's this, where his it's where it's magical where it's a magical dead erection and once again the music <laughs> comes in the music comes in <laughs> and then of course if you saw guns akimbo where he tries to oh take a yeah piss and he's like don't it's fine just don't blow your dick off <laughs> i think uh, i think it's kind of becoming like a <laughs> Uh, no. Oh, your face is a little, little close there, bub. 
And now he's using it as a compass. The, oh my god. This that's well that's the beauty of Daniel Radcliffe's penis. It points to civilization and home. It points to home. <laughs> as as all magical penises should. <laughs> Someone was really stoned when they wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> but for some inexplicable reason, it became something beautiful. <laughs> this score. Amazing. <sighs> You know what's even crazier? Apparently, the score was written first, which almost that never happens in movies. You always, you know, you well, go, out, you write the movie, you you shoot it, you cut it together in a temp cut, and then you know you start bringing in the music. Apparently, it did the absolute opposite, and they even had recordings of the music playing on set for them. But. I find oftentimes when it's done in reverse, you get something special. Case in point, most of the music for Cowboy Bebop was written before most of the show. That is very was true. Yeah. And I think that worked out well for everybody. So Yeah, they, they tend to they, they I think they wound up writing sequences to the music exactly. rather than have, have the music just drive have the scene drive the music. <laughs> He's teaching him about masturbate. Truly something that that's that's a great thing because this again it's taking all the things <laughs> all the things that we have hang-ups for especially here in america um and bring them forth and to ask the big questions as to sean why do we jerk off why do we masturbate sean because capitalism <laughs> has robbed us of our serotonin and we have to get it where we can damn fucking right jesus I mean, Christ! I'm engaged, and I still and I still jerk off. I have to, man. Like, especially during these days, like Jesus. Especially when there's, especially when there's no more weed. <laughs> also, it could have something to do with the fact that men reach their sexual peak in their early twenties, and women's reach theirs in their thirties. So there's definitely a problematic lineup right there. That's fair, but thankfully, you know, um, my my lady's already in her thirties, so. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know you were robbing the grave. No, no, she, she, I th we, you know, we can just call her cradle snatcher or whatnot. It's only about six years difference, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, and of course, we also have like this whole not just it's not just uh, of what we are, what we do. It's not just sex, but it's also death as well. All the things that makes us human. And it's and it never comes off as a check like a checkbox thing, you know. It doesn't feel like a philosophy thing. It just comes very fluid and naturally. And in some case, in the form of actual fluids. <laughs> this is so fucking weird. Well, we're in fucked up February, Sean. What do you want? I know, but like. <laughs> <laughs> like talking to a corpse?
the logic the 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 bizarre logic is wonderful you know of these conversations <laughs> 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 oh my god this is this is some this is some Oedipus uh, complex shit right here, and I fucking love it. Like, oh my god, can you imagine Freud having a field day with this movie? I mean, he'd be he'd be you know ripping lines of coke at the time, so he'd be. Oh, he'd be way into this movie. Then. <laughs> I mean, it's Freud. That that's kind yeah. of his mo. Oh yeah, just woo. Want to get analyzed by me? <laughs> Just like, We're going to talk about Freud and why he did enough cocaine to kill a horse. Yeah, no kidding, man. Christ, you thought that you you thought it, you you could have sworn he was around in the eighties, but he wasn't. <laughs> oh shit! Literal shit. Watch the shit. <laughs> watch it! Watch it! And there it goes. Nice. Don't you just love he's also keeping the uh, the bag of Cheetos around his neck like it's some talisman that will protect him from all evil? Oh, and yes, of course. Now we have to get to the lesson of fear. <laughs> so, a very astute point, Manny. <laughs> oh, my God. Paul Dan. I love that he pushes up and this. forgets he's tied to him. Yes. Ow. <laughs> Is that really the best response after you think you were being chased by a bear? Or God knows what? I don't know, man. Although, I guess... It really comes down to the whole to err is to human, and I guess it also is to roar is to human, I guess. Also, can, can, can we, I mean, yes, I mean, I, I do understand the necessity to scream into the void when life throws you shit, as <laughs> we all do this year. We all have screamed into the void. Can, can we talk about the fact that this movie, and specifically the fact that Mary Elizabeth Winston took a role in this movie. It almost feels like she took this role to be like, I am burying the association with Manny Pixie Dream Girl. I'm oh, killing I know, it. Right? I am taking this role so you understand. Fuck off. <laughs> well, she kind of did that too, because uh, this was uh, this was a little bit after, but also because uh, we, we covered this on in Spooktober or uh, last year with. Uh, 
10 Cloverfield Lane. Well, for sure. But like the, the, the script of this movie is very much, you know, like it's dealing with mental illness, but it's also specifically dealing with like infatuation culture. And like, that's not okay. You can't be like this. Do not be like this. That's very true. And I think, you know, as somebody who played a character that has become so infatuated with, it's very much like, oh, of course I want to do this movie. Let's call yeah, out the to... idiots who got way too obsessed with that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because because uh... you we, we were talking about this earlier. Like, we were talking about how, like, Scott Pilgrim became, like, the vo the unfortunate uh, film voice for all millennials, <laughs> and I fucking hate that because like Gen X got like two cool movies. They got Office Space and Clerks, and you know like millennials got that. Like man, even in our representat film representation, we got fucked over. I mean, it's not that it isn't a fun movie, but when it's, you no, it, it totally is. I don't want to knock Scott Pilgrim at all. It's a great movie. It's just like. That's our representation? Oh, come on. We're better than this. Well, but that's the whole tragedy of said generation is that you really wanted to be, but... Yeah, we, unfortunately, especially around the peak of Scott Pilgrim, we all wanted to be that, man. I, I remember, like, that was that was high school for me, man. And I, I remember how huge that was for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> love is the key to everything even to bring back a corpse although it's more likely the 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 rancid ass corpse water you drank <laughs> and god knows what else he's been eating out there you know That's fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god! I really, Ugh. I really want to know the energy on the set for scenes like this, you know? Because you know, where it's just these two actors in these ridiculous settings. And trying to make sense of this very strange script out in the middle of, like, you know, uh, uh, a park or wherever they're shooting. I really want to vibe into the energy of this set because it's got to be something truly special. It's it's <laughs> this movie is weirdly inspiring, you know. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and here comes the uh, the true Swiss Army part of this movie. Oh, shaving with his teeth. Okay. <laughs> He's using him as a and, right, and again, what what must be stated. As we talked about, a hundred yards or so from civilization. Probably, because, again, you're constantly asking that in the back of your head. But the movie is smart enough to be like, no, 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 no. Just focus on the human part of this story here in front of your eyes. Also, I don't give a shit that uh, he. I, I don't. I don't give a shit how razor sharp he must have sharpened his teeth. There is no way he got that clean of a shave with his teeth. Also, can we appreciate the fact that this movie just made a just the tip joke? Yes. Because <laughs> honestly, like it, it's because you know already that he's already way far gone. Because that shave should not be exist. No, it should not. So you're like, at what point did he truly go off the deep end in terms of this hallucination? I mean, I again, I think it was the start, for, but, you know, spoilers for anyone watching. This is your first watch through. Again, why are you watching your first time yes. with us? That's confusing. Please experience this movie as raw as humanly right. possible. But when, when you realize the end of it, you know, that... It was all real. <laughs> well, well, no, but that that Paul Dano had this unfortunate infatuation with a woman he wouldn't even speak to. Yeah. And so, and the, this character's obsession with that same person, it makes it clear this is all projecting. Yeah. So when did he lose it? From the start. The entire time is him projecting his own mental struggles onto this corpse yes oh my god i love the the vista <laughs> the creativity on display i swear it reminds me because you, you remember that great critic speech at the end of ratatouille where yes. you know he talks about the one of the best lines in that movie because in that whole that whole monologue is gold but one of my favorite little bits is um in the grand scheme of things the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so yes and boy does that movie take that that statement to the ultimate level just truly Truly finds the beauty in garbage. <laughs> and it's also really hilarious how it makes use of the uh, the Jurassic Park theme. I'm actually kind of amazed how they got the rights to all that. Um, so something I've learned is that you don't actually have... Uh, Nobody can tell you not to use a piece of music. You just have to pay them for it. Yeah. 
Maybe that's where a good portion of the budget went. <laughs> and I love, in retrospect, how called out he just got. What would yeah, you do? Yeah, for real. Yeah, for real, dude. Nothing. Like, it's it's crazy how because like you know usually if you if if this movie played it safe. I can't really use that word because it's this movie. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, this mo this movie would have actually made it to the point where you really uh, like felt bad for the reasons why he uh, deteriorated mentally the way he is. You know, like it would be a, a lot more sympath a, a more sympathetic reason. But because they give him something that they sh the the filmmakers clearly don't condone <laughs> um it makes it even more interesting i think because you're right because not only does it reveal like um uh certain truths about humanity and whatnot but it also reveals truth about himself and the things that he needs to truly confront oh for sure <clears throat> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know, I I'm going to say this reminds me of a meme going around right now. What's that? Which is, <laughs> it's like, I have all these friends who won't even talk to their crushes, but who then are just like, I guess I'm doomed to be alone. Dude. It's just like, real. like, yeah, there's your problem. It's just like, yes, I understand the worst that can happen is they will laugh in your face. But, like, if you, it's like, as somebody once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Damn straight. That's Gretzky right there. <laughs> you are correct. I, oh yeah, man. I listened to enough Kevin Smith that I know <laughs> You gotta go where the puck's gonna be, not where it is. That's di you're damn right, and that's where I have to get up and you know bother bother my fiance about. Do you know that Wayne Gretzky said this? <laughs> Great Kevin Smith story, but that, that that'll be for another time. <laughs> oh God! Whoa! Did he just spark? <laughs> oh. Fire! <laughs> Popcorn. <laughs> okay, you know what? If I ever get my own little mini movie theater for my house... This is going to be playing before the movie, the movie begins. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. The, the shadow puppets. <laughs> Titanic. I think Superman. in mine it would be Mr. Burns from The Simpsons doing Let's All Go to the Lobby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Whoa. Oh my gosh. 
Sean, what what are we what are we watching here, man? This is this I know it's beautiful, but what the hell are we watching? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> By the way, if you are not watching this on subtitles to catch the lyrics of this song, you are doing yourself a disservice. Whoa, did you see that? That was a cool effect. I wonder if that was actually practical. A literal lyric. All we ever needed was a montage. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> He's got karate chop action. <laughs> the Disney castle. <laughs> Why? Why the corpse water? Why? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> really like the the gr i think it gives in addition to the great joke of like you know civilization is like a football field away i, I also love the idea of he is it, it's just like one random hiker to have all of this come to a crashing end right it's it's a we it's a like the strangest unspoken hitchcockian suspense that I can think of in recent movies where it's there, but it's not there. <laughs> like you can feel like that joke. It is that joke is about to happen at any given point in this movie. Cause it's all fucking bizarre. Um, but it never comes. And I, that's, that's strangely, that's strangely relieving, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Kinda? I mean, it's... <laughs> it, it is, it's a strange feeling th to feel throughout this movie, because you're constantly like, okay, so when is, like, some random hiker or, like, a Girl Scout troop gonna find him dancing with this corpse and God knows what else he's built here? Because, <laughs> I mean, God, you can only... <laughs> That was between us, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like also the one thing that's also really unspoken about this movie. Can you imagine the smell? <laughs> yeah, man. Just like, oh, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure uh, they, they, they'd, uh, they'd smell this guy before they ever spot him.
Those last outside of those last two, he's not that far off in his description. <laughs> kiss. Oh, he's going to kiss the corpse. <laughs> Don't you do oh, it. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank God. <laughs> and it, although it's weird, like for a second, because the, this is such a a human experience here that we're witnessing, um, it's, it's, it's also strange that for a moment you actually kind of catch yourself wishing that they did kiss. Like when you take, get down... It's weird. It's strange. Like you, you almost see. You can see this as like the probably the weirdest couple in cinema history. I mean, it's a buddy movie of the most absurd nature. I, I won't argue oh, yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah. But a, a buddy movie that can it can, that's borderline romance, almost kind of, but not really. It's its own thing. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and i also love that he's still clean shaven because <laughs> i think he's clean shaven throughout the rest of this movie actually and he still has that goddamn cheetos bag oh look a pipe four percent Dude, for real. How that thing maintains is beyond me. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that he had, like, the one croc. Oh, this is so such a bad idea. Uh, why? It's fear. Fear is what you're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> oh, shit. Did he get hanged for real this time?
But he's already <laughs> dead. He's already dead. <laughs> that should have killed him. I mean, not the fall, but certainly the corpse dragging him down. Yeah. Well, how is it even that deep? You know, because we saw, like, the rocks and shit from above. Uh, th there's a lot that can be deceptive here, but I don't know if it's the actual river here or not. I can't... I don't know the Pacific Northwest that well. In all fairness, though, it's, it's just supposed to work for the plot. Whoa. Oh, God, no. <laughs> well, he just found a new feature. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God, his face. Hey, you know what? I bet this is really taking uh, Dan Radcliffe back to the uh, the days when he was working in a water tank on Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Getting a little mermaid action in the form of Paul Dano. <laughs> Boy, this is a movie. <laughs> the cork. <laughs> oh, oh my god this movie <laughs> christ so like i th this movie walks a fine line for me because i hate cringe humor but this goes like so far into absurdist humor that it like <laughs> undoes the cringe level of humor <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I wonder if that really was Dan Radcliffe's ass <laughs> and that's not just like a prosthetic thing that they made Because, in all fairness, I feel like Dan Radcliffe would be the one like, no, 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 we're putting my ass on camera. <laughs> I just don't think he cares one way or another. No, well, he's, because, again, he's in it for the weird. <laughs> Fun fact, though, that uh, they're uh, that kind of, to, to you know, like, to, to fart and make a fire bigger that is a 110 percent myth the human body does not have that amount of methane <laughs> to, to get a fire going because i'm a big fan of MythBusters, and they actually did try this oh gosh um although it turns out the the reason why is uh, apparently the uh, the myth that sparked it uh came from because the guy was working uh, with a lot of methane near a a, uh, uh, a factory. Uh. So like, oh, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. But still, it's funny. Because remember, at the end of the day, whether you're uh, 
Whether you're a six-year-old or you're a 69-year-old, eh? farts are funny. (laughs) 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 She can drink my snow. No. No. Um, James Joyce would like a word with you, sir. (laughs) You know, no, for real. Manny has a point here. Let your farts go. Seriously. Everyone listening, fart away. Do it. Um, just, uh, give, if you know, it's going to be like, if you know, it's going to smell nasty, just like warn people. Cause, uh, I know some people who can fart, who's, they can easily kill a yak. <laughs> <laughs> like they always say mine's bad. I'm like, Oh no, you have no, this person I know, like their farts are like, they, they'll, they'll, uh, kill <laughs> They'll kill a, uh. A full-grown moose, man. I did have uh, somebody who was on my floor my freshman year of college who could clear a room. Yeah, I believe it. And, you know, there's always going to be the the threat of uh, the fart that ends a marriage. Because there are times where, you know, I'll just be lying in bed trying to wind down. And I move the, uh, the sheets and all of a sudden I get a whiff. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, Katie, what the hell? And I walk out into the middle of the room, and I'm just, like, pissed off, and she's just cackling, laughing. And, and I'm like, dear, just stop laughing. No, seriously, one day there is going to be a fart that ends our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and now the introduction of society has come back in. Oh, yes, that's right. Because we finally got a signal. And amazingly amazingly his battery is still holding i'm actually kind of surprised that thing didn't get cracked open in the fall in like the various falls or destroyed yeah i mean it also i mean i know he's been keeping it into a uh or keeping it in a bag and whatnot but i'm kind of amazed that you know uh all of his uh, like it never got wet once and right there that is a huge clue He is looking through her social media. This is not something personal. Like, if you hadn't caught on yet, like. Yeah, he's a total stalker. Oh, boy. I will give the movie this though, it gives the gives a stalker, uh, a, a stalker the only friend that he's really ever had, is a farting corpse. <laughs> <laughs> so weirdly, I guess he got what's coming to him. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't know how to feel. It's a weird feeling, Sean. <laughs> as as there are many weird things. Oh shit! There's the bear. Oh, shit. 
Oh, shit. Don't be doing that. Oh, shit. He's firing. He's. <gasps> oh, you just pissed off the bear. Why are you? Ow. Oh. Oh, man, the projection levels are ridiculous. You know, I kind of wish we had, like, an actual certified psychiatrist to watch this movie with because they must have a field day for this shit. <laughs> oh, yep, see, there's the, the joke finally there. Yep. But in a far it's executed in a far different and less expected manner. You know, it just doesn't pan away or anything. No. <laughs> it's constantly in his head. And it's not even played as a joke here. It's pl played as like a holy shit in, in the most dire moment. <laughs> I'm talking about life. <laughs> Did you see that flash of him doing like a, a sexy pose? <laughs> Some of the images, man. Like again, I would die to vibe with the, uh, the whatever the vibe was going on when uh, when I uh, of this film set here. Think happy thoughts. <laughs> the tears. Yeah, welcome to the club where your brains literally can't shut the fuck up with endless thoughts. <laughs> Remember, that's, that's the greatest lesson of this movie. Whoa, what the hell? Oh my god. The visual the, also the the montage, like the little inserts that play so fast. Yep. They're so good. Remember, this is the less the great lesson of the movie. Share your farts with everyone, no matter how smelly. <laughs> Share your farts. God, do you, can you imagine what James Joyce would have thought about this? <laughs> can you imagine what Jane Austen would have thought about this? Oh, my God, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, man, just anyone with a fart fetish. Oh my, Dude, actually, I'm surprised that Trey Parker didn't write this. <laughs> I, 
See, I wasn't even necessarily going with fetish. I was just going with, like, people who wrote about, like, Victorianism time period cultures where, like, you could not make that noise. It is forbidden. Dude, Hitchcock would have had a field day with this. Oh, I, oh my God, right? Ow. Uh, his leg is broken. I deserve this! Oh, man, this is, it's, uh, where do they, uh, how do they f keep finding, like, the most beautiful things in the most garbagey of places? Both literal and metaphorical <laughs> and spiritual. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Shit is profound, Sean. You know what? That that's damn it, this is the second movie this month where shit is profound. Is shit is used in a profound manner. First, Jesus crapped into a jar and they turned it to gold. You are excrement, but you can become gold again. And now we've got this poetry of shit. This is amazing. I am here for this shit. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> what? This is some great physical humor. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, that seriously, the physic You know what the physicality here reminds me of? Did you ever watch uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. You, you remember the, uh, the, the the great scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is yeah. stoned out of his mind and he has to open the, his car with his leg? Yes, he's this on too very, many nudes. This is uh, very indicative of, uh, of that, that physical humor. <laughs> Mortal Kombat ki killing move. When there is nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. <laughs> you know, I'm actually kind of amazed that his clothes have stayed as good looking as they have. Because again, it doesn't fit, but it, it, no. it, it, you don't you don't care because it's it's the humanity in the story <laughs> that matters. Just like uh, you know Paul Dano's clean shaven face that should not <laughs> exist, but. 
fuck it we're just gonna roll with it right because we don't know what to, we don't know it, it's so bizarre like even if this was real we still feel like we can't trust our eyeballs for what's really going on and just give in to what it is also as mo that motherfucker is, needs a tetanus shot <laughs> otherwise he's gonna lose that leg man and here we go oh shit this is this is that and even more, how cr fucking crazy is that he was living out in the forest just outside of where she lived Oh, this is... So oh, God, the, the water. <laughs> oh, God! Whoa. <laughs> I can't... I don't know if this is really in his head or if it's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, living in Sean, I oh, think yes. you're losing it. <laughs> this, this is a hell of a movie, Sean. <laughs> this is a movie. This is a movie. It exists, and it's it's beautiful. And oh god. Uh boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why? Yeah. No, it's gross. It's 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 really gross. <laughs> no, no. No! Oh God, no! Why? Not, not in the child. Oh crap! Also, I love how. He, okay, so uh, we are what? We are an hour and twenty minutes in, and finally. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead actually gets some dialogue and real like FaceTime. Right. Even though she has third billing in this movie. <laughs> yep. And I think she's the one performance in the movie where you're like, I honestly don't know if this is real or not because, you know, towards the end of the movie, she sees this thing, you know, 
jet skiing off into the distance and just go, what the fuck? <laughs> she is the one straight character in this entire movie. Well, yeah, and necessarily so. Yeah, well, yeah, otherwise, I, I don't know. I, and plus, I don't know how I feel about that either. Like having one straight voice because it because it's so well grounded in humanity the bizarre stuff can work when it's completely and 110% ambiguous like you don't know if it's a hallucination or if it's actually happening well right but, but with, they wanted to keep that ambiguity uh, well my point is is like bringing a straight voice into it kind of takes away from that and confirms that it may uh, may actually be happening. Well, right, but the the absurdity of all of it, even then, though, I mean, it's it's impossible to uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to put into words. I know, right? <laughs> and that that's kind of what makes it such so fun and so weird at the same time. Yes. Really, at the end of the day, we need movies like this. We because it's and it's also crazy because remember this movie came out in uh, uh, 2016, um, so this is like at the height of you know all the reboots, remakes, rebootquels, sequels, prequels, all all these things that are just like you know safe bets. It's so refreshing to see a you know a movie that actually does get a. Uh, uh, a fair amount of press that are this strange and weird and interesting. And furthermore, they're, they're good. Like that's the other thing this movie is good. Oh yeah, that's right. And he, his name is actually Manny. It was like a hundred. Uh, that's uh, the the like you said. The projection of everything is just amazing. Yeah. What a bizarre trip, isn't it? Because now it feels like we're fi finally about to get normal. But of course, being this movie, it's not normal ever. <laughs> I forget, is that his father? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Wait for it. Oh, guess not. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming for the audience, I'm telling you what. <laughs> Good luck on your interview. I know.
Oh boy. <laughs> oh, God. my God. Oh. oh, boy. <laughs> Cut the feed now. What the fuck? <laughs> Because, you know, I honestly thought the movie might return to normal and, like, re like give us a sense of uh, groundedness in the real world right. or not. But no. This movie... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> he had to hump the thing to get moving. Oh, my God! And that's when you really know that this uh, this is a uh, it's not going to get any less strange. Nope. Uh Oh shit, they found all the shit. All the stuff that he made. What the hell? <laughs> and now it looks like a found footage horror movie. Like something yep. out of Cannibal Holocaust or something. Oh, the shit Bible. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> when you've completely you know, broken with any and all reality. You know, I was wondering, like, because if you saw earlier in the film when he dresses up as, uh, as what's her name? Um, and she had the exact same, he had the exact same sweater as she did in her, the picture. It's only now where you realize that that probably is the same sweater. Right. That he just gr that he just kind of grabbed from the backyard or something. <laughs> of course, the thing that I really uh, the part that I really loved throughout this whole thing is the uh, the news cameraman who's just filming everything. We made everything <laughs> so bad
Oh, God. Oh, the other thing is, like, it, I mean, I know this movie is really... <laughs> the cameraman's, like, obviously moved. Well, it's not so much moved. It's, it's more just, like, I feel bad for this absolutely insane nut job. Yeah, for real. Fart. <laughs> for real. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> the smell <laughs> but the you know the other <laughs> it was me <laughs> the most basic fart joke But you know what's also really funny? Because I know this, this movie is really vague about how much time passes between the opening and the end. Right. But uh, do, do you notice that he never de decomposes? Like, uh, uh, he never exceptionally does any uh, yeah. shows any heavy rates of decomposition, despite the fact that he's, you know, been in water multiple times. Right. <laughs> and the kid's just like uh, the kid is just like ha ha fart <laughs> and the cops just let him go what <laughs> and of course the cameraman's like I must film this for preservation And the dad's just, like, slightly happy that his son's not completely insane, apparently. <laughs> oh, God, no, what? And off he goes to save another life, I guess. <laughs> The newscaster's confused. <laughs> oh my god. Last line of the movie, of course, has to be What the fuck? Yeah. I, I mean, it's. That's it. <laughs> Shit, what a movie. What a movie, Sean. Who knew we could have. An Oscar-worthy performance by Daniel Radcliffe playing a farting corpse that learns about life, sex, love, death, and humanity. I, so I think there is an important <laughs> point that must be made here. Yes, please go into this. And that is the fact... Because once you have this in your head, it puts things into perspective. This film was directed by the same man who directed the music video, Turn Down For What? Really? Did he? Yes. Huh. Yeah, so Dan Kwan also directed Turn Down For What? And I think once you put that, that kind of mentality together... It's like, oh, 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause, it, I, cause I take it you also we can acknowledge that this is uh, their first like actual feature film together. Yes. Because uh, I think uh, uh, Shineheart went on to do another movie called uh, The Death of Dick Long, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> which which sounds like stupid and whatnot, and but I hear it's not. I don't know. I I, I need to I need to check that one out because anything that these weirdos make, I'm here for. <laughs> because filmmakers with this kind of sensibility. They they need to 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 really be put into the spotlight because and that's why we do do a show like this because Christ alive uh, we need weird movies to teach us about the things in humanity that we don't just don't talk about and not just for the sake of it or anything like to be exploitive or to you know just say it for the you know the uh, just. Uh, for the sake of saying it, like, don't really like have a purpose behind it, and this movie does it on a, a profound level, a surprisingly profound level. Um, and to date, I think this is still one of the weirdest. This is why, for our our uh, quick shots movie, we we're like, no, we can't, we can't just like be like, oh yeah, this is one of the most fun. We have to do the whole episode on it because yeah, you're. I mean, it's it's just so out there. It's. I, I think it's one of, if not the strangest thing to have come out of Hollywood or not, or just the whatever. Or just, it, yeah, just like the indie circuit. Yeah, to come like. out, to come out in cinema, you know, in, you know, but the, the last decade and it's, but at the same time, it's like, it's so weird and it's just, but not, how do I, oh, I'm trying to think of it. I know, it's it, hard it, to put it, into it, words. It pushes the boundaries of weirdness and cinema and, and decency and story and heart in such a strange way. But it does so without, like, going to the extreme of this movie is going to just be horrible and offensive. Yeah, for like, real. There's no, so like, many movies that's like, I want to push the boundaries, and all you really want to do is throw any level of taste or care out the window and offend and horrify people. That's that's and, when you get movies like Freddy Got Fingered. Well, yeah, or you get, you know, absolutely, you know, horrible horror films of, of natures of things like, you know, a Serbian film or stuff like that. Like, this yeah. is a movie that's <laughs> like, I want to deal with i want to make a really weird messed up movie but i want to explore actual issues and have heart with it and i i want it to be accessible while also being insane <laughs> yeah for real and i i think really uh as we're gonna find out throughout a lot of fucked up february the weird great weird films are grounded in humanity and that's i think where the best kind of weird art comes from because you know even dali who did some strange and surreal things he always he always knew instinctively knew to put one foot in humanity because i remember uh 
he was meeting with a filmmaker in Paris, uh, and there was a large uh, 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 pictorial above the bar. And what he said, he's like, I love this painting because it is a tribute to a fart. Because <laughs> so, uh, it's, you know, like all these characters who are just like contorting it by um, what you can, can think of it in many ways, which is, you know, the obvious meaning for a painting. I really need to look up exactly what it was, but um, <laughs> he interprets it as like a fart, which <laughs> that's 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 wonderful, Dali. And you I'm see, so they're glad. all contorting away from the central character because that central character. <laughs> For real. And really, that's the thing that we should take away from this is share your farts and to, <laughs> to human is to fart. Uh, fart on my I, I don't know if that's quite the takeaway, but the takeaway here should definitely be that this is a movie worth watching, assuming... You have the mental fortitude and constitution for this sort of thing. Oh yeah, dude. Like honestly, <laughs> if you just just pitch this as Daniel Radcliffe farting corpse movie, where he actually gives an Oscar-worthy performance in it, I guarantee you, if you've got like really great, sensible friends, they will be so down to watch that. Right. I mean, like, if, if that group. statement doesn't make you want to watch this movie, okay, fine. Do it's not, not go for you, anywhere yeah. near this movie. <laughs> Yeah, but if it, but because I, it's really gonna be like those two people, like, what the hell? No, get get away from me! And then there are the other people that are like, I am fucking in. Right. Let's watch this now. Um, and obviously, if you're listening, you're obviously one of us who are the ones that are. I'm fucking in. Like hell yeah, I am. So, uh, yeah, that's that was Swiss Army Man. And uh, next week we're gonna be coming back just because. Daniel Radcliffe is so delightful, and he has made a real habit of making appearances in weird films. We're going to come back at you with another Daniel Radcliffe in, right smack in the middle of this uh, fucked up February uh, with uh, another favorite of ours. And you mentioned it earlier. It's going to be Guns Akimbo. And you were the one who actually recommended it to me. So. Oh, yeah. It's are, are you excited for Guns of Kimbo? I'm fucking. I, I really am. I mean, I think that's one of the most hilarious, brilliant, uh, comedic type movies to come out in the last couple of years. And like many of the weird, bizarro movies Daniel Radcliffe attaches himself to, it flies under the radar so much. Yeah. Well, thankfully the memes have been making uh, making that I, a little bit more prevalent. Do, well, I remember the. I mean, the first. You know what? I'll save it. We'll save that discussion for when we do it. Yes, for real. So y'all can come back next Friday for another fucked up Friday at fucked up February where we're going to uh, check out some more Daniel Radcliffe and his fucked up career because <laughs> we are here for it, motherfuckers. So <laughs> I guess to cap it off, uh, this has been an episode of Never Watch Alone. I've been Tim. I've been Sean. And you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Peace.